You're listening to Muscles to the Masses, the podcast. We're covering muscles, of course, all kinds of movement, recovery, and fitness. I'm your host, Julie Reed. I'll bring information you can trust from new to you sources. Today, I'm chatting with Stacy Sorgen. Stacy is a personal trainer and certified health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. She's based in Seattle, Washington, and helps clients create a completely personalized roadmap to health. Those are her words that suit their unique body, lifestyle, preferences, and goals. Drawing on her background in healthcare and work at the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance, Stacy decided she wanted a more active role in rehabilitation, wellness, and prevention. Stacy sought training in Stott Pilates and also earned certification with the American College of Sports Medicine as a certified personal trainer with the goal of bringing holistic movement and exercises to all clients and patients. Stacy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You came into the wellness and personal training field by way of healthcare. Can you talk about how that evolved for you? Sure. And thank you so much for having me, Julie. I appreciate it. So my background was in healthcare and cancer care at a hospital in Seattle. The reason that I kind of morphed into preventative care or like personal training is because I saw so many people who are coming in for cancer treatment who had secondary health issues that they had absolutely no idea about. So someone would come in to be treated with chemotherapy for cancer, and then they'd find out that they had heart disease or diabetes or, or something else major going on. And it was shocking to me that people just did not know what was going on in their bodies. So I made it a personal mission. It's my passion to help people, people be better in touch with their bodies and to kind of take control over their own health. And so that's how I got into kind of the, the fitness field and integrative wellness coaching and yoga and all of that that I've pursued since because I just really want to help people be proactive in terms of their health instead of reactive when something big may unfortunately came up, come up for them. I think that's really great. It gives you a really wide experience into how people live their lives. Absolutely. And, you know, I train people from like people who are just starting to exercise they never have before in their lives to people who are training for Ironman triathlon and like really high level athletics. But I think that all of these people have something in common and that is the importance of them being in touch with their bodies, how their bodies feel, how their bodies are best fueled and knowing what health and wellness mean specifically for them. That's great. So Stacy, you actually reached out to me to be on the podcast and I want to thank you so much for doing that because I'm really excited to have you here today. Why don't you tell everybody what the reason was that you reached out? The reason that I reached out is because I love the name of your podcast. <laughs> I listen to your podcast. I follow you on Instagram and I totally admitted that I was like stalking Julie on uh, Instagram. I was just like, you are so fun and I love what you put out there, but I would really, really love more representation of people in larger bodies. And I'd love to have some of those, what can be kind of tough conversations about um, athletics in larger bodies. And so that was why I reached out to you. Thank you so much for your receptiveness and for your willingness to, to let me kind of talk a little bit more about that today. Well, I think this is a perfect segue to talk about terminology and talking with clients. So why don't you tell us how you approach word choice when working with clients? Sure. When a client comes in to meet with me for the first time, I ask them kind of a series of different questions. And just as you would ask somebody a question like, what is your preferred pronoun? Which is one of the questions that I ask I'll ask like, how are you feeling in your body? And this is a question that most people have never, ever been asked before. How are you feeling in your body? What are the goals that you have for us in working together? And how will you know when those goals have been met? And the, these questions kind of inherently lead people to tell me what they're truly seeking in our working together and allow for this like really honest, authentic conversation back and forth, right? My role there is to help to facilitate and support them in getting to where they want to go, not to project any of my own feelings on them. So one of my very first experiences in going to a big box gym, and I wrote about this a little bit on my blog, Going into this big box gym and just being like, you know what? I just went through a breakthrough. I just want to like get on a machine and I just like want to run or elliptical my little heart out. Like that was where I was at at that moment. 
But I go into this gym, they have to do like the tour around the gym. And then they bring me to the center of the gym where they're going to have me do this like quote unquote athletic testing and then make me get on a scale in front of a ton of people and use calipers on me. And the whole time I'm thinking, I just want to exercise. Like I just want to feel better in this moment right now. But they were projecting all sorts of things on me. And the big catalyst for why I do what I do now is when someone said, obviously you're here to lose weight. It was not anything on my mind at the time. I was there to exercise so that I could feel physically strong and heal from um, a big breakup I was going through. And I just needed a place to like let that out. And instead I was being met with judgment and them saying these things to me felt like the, the ultimate and the worst sort of judgment, somebody assuming what my goals were. The next step in that whole process was really convoluted and someone telling me that I should eat two bags of salad for dinner every night <laughs> because they felt like that would really help to quote unquote kickstart my weight loss journey. And, you know, in my head, it was like a big F you. Like I felt like the, the fitness and athletic community didn't care about me as a person. It was just about what I looked like or what, what they perceived me on the outside. So now the kind of questioning that I offer when people come in is you tell me about you because this is 100% about you and I will support you in whatever journey you are specifically on. So asking a question to people about like, why are you here? What is it that you want to, you know, to work with? And then I think that I open things up for folks a lot. If they're someone who would identify as fat or larger bodied, or if they would consider themselves plus size, I feel that they often feel comfortable mentioning those things to me when I freely refer to myself as the same. So we talk about their fitness and whatever that might look like to them. And then I say, for people in larger bodies like myself or for people who have extra fat around the middle or for people who, you know, here's how we can modify an exercise. You take whatever option feels best for your body. And I think that that's kind of how I open things up. And then there's totally open dialogue from there. It's very honest. I feel like it's authentic. And I allow them to use labels or not use labels um, to identify that I'm comfortable with using various labels for myself and that I'm very comfortable and confident in my own plus size fat, (laughs) you know, larger body. So for trainers who don't label themselves as fat or larger bodied or plus size, the process is still the same. You let the client tell you how they self-identify and then you use those terms in a non-shaming and accepting way. Is that true? Totally, 100%. And, and you know, I, I think another thing is to absolutely never assume why a client is there in front of you. It could be just a couple of different um, types of clientele that I work with, like people who are coming back after breast cancer people who uh, have been diagnosed with MS, people who are training for an Ironman, people, I mean, these people present in all variations and styles and sizes and, you know, colors and all sorts of different bodies. And it is not my job as a personal trainer to assume that I would know what their goals are in life, in wellness, in fitness, any of it. So really allowing people who come in to dictate what course things are going to take and to acknowledge that there will be some evolution and change in that as that client progresses through their training. For instance, this is so funny, but I I absolutely love this. Sometimes when people come in and they get involved in training, they build so much confidence, like body confidence and then confidence in themselves and like where they're going in the world. Often part of the goals that go up on the goal board at the, at the gym will be like, Hey, I'd love to do this many push-ups by the end of the month in a row. Also, I'd love to take up cello. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's part of, that's part of your wellness journey. That's part of you, like finding a portion of yourself or I'm going to apply for this job because I feel confident. I feel like I can speak up at work and I've always felt intimidated by 
other people and I'm coming into myself and I feel like I'm going to go for it. So we just had a celebration last week for a woman who pushed for it. She pushed for a job that she was like, I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't know if I should do it. I don't know. She's been killing it in the gym. And I said, this is your time. Go for it. And she killed it. She smashed it. She got that job, got an awesome promotion and a great raise. Um, So it's inside of the gym, outside the gym, helping people find strength and confidence to be able to do whatever it is they want to do in their lives. And that's how I approach fitness and wellness as a whole. So can you review those questions that you ask every client again? I ask people, how are you feeling in your body? What are your goals for our time together? How will you know when you have met your goals? And also I'll ask them, do you have short-term goals and long-term goals? Like, is there something that you're training for right now? I'll also ask them if they have done anything in the past that worked for them or if they've met with another personal trainer. I'll ask things like, what did you like? What did you not like? Just so that I can really personalize their experience for them. I'm also very open about talking about my own body, which I know not everyone would feel comfortable doing and not everyone you know, presents in a plus size body like I do. But I just think talking about bodies in general talking about how it's okay. Like uh, for instance, moving your own body out of the way if you're doing a yoga pose where you feel like your stomach's getting in the way or, or moving your own leg forward as you're doing some sort of pose. Like those are, those are okay. And so I think modeling that during sessions is really helpful in order to allow people to better own their bodies and their space. I think this is actually a great time to talk about working out, the the act of working out. So you mentioned moving your own body out of the way. Can you talk about what that means in the larger scale of fitness in in your space and in other spaces? I'll tell you a little bit of a story. When I was in college, I took my first yoga class and I remember it was like exactly how the instructor was doing it or you were kind of ignored, you know, like she gave one option for all the poses. And if you couldn't do that pose, you kind of felt like a failure in in the classroom. And I remember I got a C in the class. It was like one of the only classes in college. I got less than an A and I was so frustrated with her. And I talked to her about it and she said, well, you couldn't do the poses. You haven't been practicing. And I totally called BS on that, right? Mm -hmm. Like we can, in whatever way our body presents itself, do so many different kinds of exercise, including yoga. And there are times when we'll have to adjust or modify. In fact, Mod Body Fitness, the name of my business is Modifications for All Bodies. Okay, that's where Mod Body came from. So learning what feels best for your body in the moment It may be different day to day. And then, you know, coming up with modifications, and that's something that I love to do with people. Like, let's say, for instance, sitting on the floor and you want to do a stretch for your spine. Typically, you'd sit down with your legs out in front of you, you'd cross one leg over the other, and then you'd twist away from your knee. You know the stretch I'm talking about, Julie? Yes, yeah. Okay. So real simple modification for that particular stretch is that you bring your legs into like crisscross applesauce position and you just place opposite hand to opposite knee and then twist. Same things are being worked, but you aren't pushing your thigh against your belly, which feels awful. (laughs) The, The opportunity in that great stretch is to stretch and breathe. And when you feel like you can't breathe and you're trying to hold a stretch, like that just does not feel good. Um, there's like, I can't even tell you how many different modifications there are, both, you know, in weightlifting, in yoga, in riding on a spin bike, I teach spin classes. There's so many different ways that you can modify the movement to better suit and fit your body. And that's just one example of that. So as a personal trainer, what are some cues that you look for that a client is uncomfortable in a position that you've suggested? Well, number one, like, how are you feeling right now? Does this feel uncomfortable? I have a couple of other options that I can offer to you if you'd like. Typically, because I've created this environment of like honesty and they feel like they can talk about it, they'll let me know like, actually, yes or no. You know what? I think I can do this. I'm going to try it. 
And I'll say, okay, well, you know, if it doesn't feel good, if you have any pain, if you feel like you're straining to do this, if you're not able to breathe, let's switch it up. Um, we can always like revisit this later, um, but it isn't something that you have to push through right now. And, and so that's kind of how I approach during a session. All of this starts the moment your client walks in the door with you, with the personal trainer being very open and non-shaming and non-judgmental. And a lot of work on the personal trainer's part to get to that place. Absolutely. And I, and I think that a lot of it comes from, you know, compassion or empathy. Like I've been in that spot where I felt really shamed. And a lot of this language comes from like, how would I want someone to approach me? Or how would I want to be guided through this process? And, and what would feel shaming to me or what wouldn't feel shaming? kind of developing a process around that. And I, I'm always open to feedback. I always ask people to, to let me know if there's a way that they feel more comfortable in being addressed or in exercises being addressed, or if there's anything that they know starting out is uncomfortable for them. And then we, we work our way around that until perhaps they're comfortable enough to try it or, or we just do other things all together that they feel more comfortable with. Do you feel comfortable talking about an experience that you've had where a client has come to you and said, this action that you've taken or this exercise or this language makes me feel uncomfortable and what you have done to resolve the situation? You know, I work with a client who like down dog is a really uncomfortable position for her, specifically because of like shoulder and upper body strength. She just doesn't feel really like safe doing something like that. So, you know, she said like, I just, you know, she put her knees back down to the ground and said, you know, I just, I just don't really feel like super strong and I'm really afraid I'm going to fall. And, you know, I'm not sure how to best do this. So I said, okay, thank you so much for telling me. I appreciate it. I, I only know if you, if you tell me. Um, and so we did some other exercises to help her strengthen her shoulders. And, and who knows, like two months from now, she might come to me and say, you know what, I want to try down dog again. Or maybe that's just not a pose or an exercise that best suits her as an individual. And that's fine. She never has to do down dog again. So it's a thank you so much for letting me know and, and for expressing your feelings about how this is going. Let's see what we can come up with together that feels better for your body right now. And that's how I would kind of explain it. Another time that things kind of come up is like clients are going through training and they decide to perhaps make a change. I've had two people that I was training that changed their names during um, training as they were going through transition from one gender to another. And they came in and they said, I'd really appreciate if you could change my gender pronoun and if you could refer to me as this other name. I feel really safe here. And I think this would be a good place to kind of try this out. That, I mean, like it's going to make me cry. That is such an honor. That is such an honor to hold space for people who are going through really significant change whether that be through fitness, wellness, their sense of self, how they show up in the world, any of those things. Um, and I'm always very open and receiving of all that information. It sounds like your gym is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. It's uh, totally my passion. Uh, it is my love and it fills my heart so much to work with people and, and hold space for them. A couple of years ago, one of my clients said that she was going to make these bracelets. Like, do you remember the what would Jesus do bracelets? Yes. She, yeah. go, she goes, you're like always like this gentle, motivating voice in the back of my head. And I was going to make this bracelet that said, what would Stacy do? But then she was like, no, you know what it should say? So what would Stacy gently suggest? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think that that sums up my training style. It's not that I don't want you all to think that I'm like super soft and that I don't challenge people and that I don't bring people to the next level and help them attain their goals. It's just in a different way. This is just a different journey style to get people from where they are to where they want to go without yelling, without shame, without like resentment. And it's not like specifically like men over here, women over here, this is how you're doing it. You know what I mean? It's not like 
AMRAP and everyone's doing the same thing, not to disc CrossFit, but it's personalized. It's for each person based on what their experience is and how they show up that day. So I think this is a great time to talk about In your correspondence with me, you said, I want to talk about saying F you to negativity and naysayers. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to leave the floor to you to discuss that. (laughs) Sure. You know, when I wanted to become a personal trainer, I was still working at the, the cancer hospital in Seattle. And I remember like sharing with somebody this idea that I had that I wanted to become a personal trainer. And she looked at me. I mean, I had known this person for like six years. She looked me in the face then she looked me down and then back up and she laughed in my face. And that moment I could have done two different things. I could have felt shame and I could have felt like I'm never going to hack it. Like I'm never going to be able to do this. This isn't my thing. People don't believe in me. Or I could take it as I did as a challenge. I'll show you. You'll see. You know what I mean? Like, this is my thing. This is my dream. This is what I'm going to do. And naysayers love to share their doubt, their cynicism, their um, frustrations with the world by trying to keep you down. And often that's keeping you from achieving your full potential. So <laughs> my body fitness and, you know, Stacey Sorgen coaching, you know, when working with me, that is like the, the opposite of naysayer. You come in, you tell me what you want to do, and I will do absolutely every single thing that I can to help promote you in that, to help build you up towards that, to help support you in it, to give you resources, to help you feel strong in it. And, um, and that's also from a history of, you know, hearing the naysayers, having people reach out to me on Instagram and call me the worst names, you know, like, why are you doing this? You can't be strong and fat. You can't be healthy and fat. You can't do these things. Why would you ever give people advice? And I could take that as a, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this sort of stuff. I don't know. You know, I'm not, maybe I'm not a quote unquote role model because I'm not what they think I should be, quote unquote, like a size two. But then there's the flip side is that there are so many people in larger bodies that need to see what I'm doing, that we're very poorly represented in social media, in in commercials, in media. So taking that step forward to be able to be that person for someone else, I think is really important. And you do that in your own life. When you stand up for yourself, when you reach for your goals, when you find the support that you need from people who believe in you and you push for it, you can accomplish great freaking things. But if you listen to naysayers, if you listen to negativity, if you pull all of that greatness that you have inside, no one's ever going to benefit from that. So those are kind of my feelings on why we can just freaking effing ignore (laughs) negativity and the naysayers, right? I always see them as a challenge, you know, like it's like a challenge the world's throwing at you. Obviously you're hitting the cord and you're headed in the right direction. (laughs) That's a great perspective to have. One thing that stood out to me as you were talking You were talking about client goals and how you'll do everything in your power to help your clients reach their goals. And all I thought of in my head was that should be the goal of every personal trainer out there. The the end, that should be what all personal trainers goals are. And it's really impacting the industry when personal trainers put their own goals on others. Totally. I agree. So I think my, my, one of my least favorite things to hear from clients is they come in, I'll ask like, have you worked with a personal trainer before? And they'll say like, yeah, but we kind of did like the same workout every time I came in and they had this clipboard and this pre-printed workout. And, you know, I told them that my knees hurt, but squats were on the, you know, the, the sheet for the day. So they had said that I had to do them and then I hurt my knee and I had to do PT and then I ended up doing surgery. And, and it's that kind of stuff that I think um, makes people wary of personal trainers, like not hearing your client, not listening to where they want to go, not, not understanding that they worked 70 hours this week and they 
you know, have their kids at home and they're going through grief and they're having chronic illness issues. And then they come in and you try to do the same old, same old that you do with everybody else all day. I think that there is such power in people feeling like they are heard and they are understood and they are supported in their own personal goals based on how they feel that day, based on what they went through this week. And creating that space at the beginning of each session is, I think, what will set you apart from every other trainer. Knowing how your client feels, trying to put yourself in their shoes, asking them, well, what is your... Oh, this is one I didn't mention earlier. What is your energy level today from one to 10? And then figuring out what sort of program or what from your pre-written program fits into what they're capable of that day. If you want to throw a finisher in at the end, if they're still feeling good, if you want to challenge how long they can hold their plank, if you want to you know, do that stuff, that's great. But I think this idea of like, oh, I'm going to ignore how you feel or how you said you were doing. And I just want you to do this pre-printed thing that, that I wrote out. No, we have to adjust. We have to amend things and we have to listen better to our clientele. One thing that stood out to me as you were talking is you mentioned not only time being a factor in how somebody is coming into the gym, but you mentioned things like grief. What are the impact of things other than time in a person's fitness journey? My opinion on this is perhaps different than other people's. I um, work with a lot of folks with chronic illness and I actually personally deal with chronic illness. So I just kind of bring forth to this uh, the idea of spoon theory. Have you heard of spoon theory, Julie? I haven't. Can you tell us? Sure. So I am so sorry that I'm unable to credit the, the originator of this term. There was a woman who was going through chronic um, illness I believe it's fibromyalgia. And she talks about how each day when we wake up, we have a certain amount of spoonfuls of energy for the day. So that's where the spoons terminology came from. And our spoons for the day or our amount of energy for the day can be lessened by what we're going through. So let's say you start out with your 10 spoons, but you're going through really, really horrible grief. Let's say you've gone through the worst breakup or you're going through a divorce or you've lost somebody that you love. That takes spoons or energy away from your day. If you have chronic um, pain, let's say, sure, that takes energy too. If you have a ton of people in your life that you are, are giving care to, that takes away spoons. So all of these different things take away from the amount of energy that we can devote to other things. So to be honest, Julie, sometimes people can like wake up, shower, go to work, get some food in their body. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like bare essentials and it's what they can do. On the other end of that spectrum, maybe you wake up and you have like an awesome day and you don't have any of these things weighing on your shoulders. Maybe you're at a 10 out of 10 that's a day when you might feel like you can just come in and smash your workout and you can do all the things and you can pre, you know, um, you meal prep, you can do all the stuff and you feel like you're on top of the world. But unfortunately, not every day can be that day and not everybody has tens all the time. So taking into consideration, I think what your client is going through, just like we have to take into consideration what we're going through. For instance, you know, on a, on a, different days, I teach classes. If I'm teaching five classes in that day, I'm not going to hit my own workout on top of it. Like I'm just going to go, you know what, I'll go hard in these classes that I teach, but I'm not. So we have to figure out how to help our clientele do the same thing and better allocate their energy towards things that will really benefit them. And also be aware that you know, people coming in are going through a whole lot of other stuff outside of the gym. And you know, I like to um, kind of make the workout about that, right? I am so, like someone comes in and says, I am so mad. I just got this email about this thing that I was working on. And they told me I need to start again from the beginning, but there's no time. And I don't know why they didn't make Brian and accounting do it, you know? And I'm like, do you want to do some medicine ball slams? <laughs> I'm like, do you want to do a little bit of boxing? Like how would it feel to slam some ropes for a little bit? Like, how are you feeling? Where are you at? You know, so working with the amount of energy that they have available and then working with whatever it might be that they're going through. And I feel like the more 
honest and open an environment you create, the more honest and open they'll be about where they're at and what they need. And then you can better serve them. Being a personal trainer, I think is 100% about service. It's how we show up for our clients, the space that we hold for them, the resources we offer, and then the support that we continually give. So let's talk more about personal training as a service job. I think of like personal training as being much like when people go to see a massage therapist or when they go to a mental health therapist or when they go to a life coach or when they go to a doctor, they come in with their hands open and they go, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I think that in all of those, we have a great responsibility to keep people safe, to do things that best serve that person person, we have their interests number one. And always to be done that we can and will help them progress towards whatever it is they want to progress towards. So if someone comes to me and they say, Stacy, I had double knee replacements and my doctor said I should never run again. Would you help me do a marathon? I could take their money, Julie. I could lie to them and say, yeah, sure, let's do this. And I could help them punish their bodies in order to get there. Or I could be honest and authentic and real and transparent and say, I don't think that that is the best thing for you. I can be here to offer you support in a lot of different roles, but that is one that I'm not willing to do because I know it's going to hurt you. And that that's lost money, right? And, and trainers might think of that as being like lost revenue. But if they are my, my number one priority and if their safety is what's important and I am always looking for their best benefit and their improvement and progression forward, why would I ever do that? So I, that's how I think of it as being kind of a service industry, being able to listen, being able to acknowledge, being able to reason, and being able to let people know why it may not be a good option for them or a good option for them at that time. And I think those are some tough conversations. I'm lucky in that I work with a lot of physicians and physical therapists and massage therapists. And, you know, we kind of talk together and work with quite a few clients, their patients on kind of like this continuous care and providing them the best possible thing. You know, if your physician says that it's not in your best interest to ruin your double knee replacement, like I, I don't want I don't want to encourage you in that. But there are so many other things that we can do together that would be of great benefit to you and would not cause you harm. Let's pivot and talk about body acceptance. What does that phrase mean for you? Um, body acceptance or um, fat acceptance or body love um, are all, to me, the ability to be appreciative and kind and compassionate to our own bodies. Um, an interesting topic that uh, people bring up often is, is it okay to want to lose weight but still have body acceptance? And I believe the answer is yes. Any of the clientele that I work with and for myself, I um, say that exercise is not punishment and exercise is not punishment for the things that you ate. So we exercise and we eat what we eat because we love our bodies, not because we're trying to hurt them or because we're angry at them or because we don't have respect for them. Body acceptance is like acknowledging where you're at at this moment right now and um, having appreciation for what your body is able to, to do. It moves us around every day. We're able to breathe. We're able to lift things. We're able to go to the movies when we want to go to the movies. You know, we're, <laughs> we're able to, um, to exist inside of our vessel. And I think that having appreciation for that and, and not resentment about how it might look at any given moment is, is really important and incredibly life-changing and can be a difficult place to get to. So Stacy, you wrote about fresh ways to approach larger bodied clients. Can you tell us what those are? You know, allowing people to talk about what their specific goals are. And sometimes I think it's, it's just fun to talk about like strength, you know, like to preclude 
weight loss from the conversation unless someone asks about it. You know, like emphasis on being strong and being confident, on being able to, you know, stand up for yourself, on feeling like you're great in terms of balance and stability and power. I think the focus on those things is so much more important than the focus on weight loss, which is where I think a lot of people go when they have clients who are fat or plus size or um, in larger bodies. You know, there's a lot of like, you would burn more calories if you did this or a lot of like exercise in in classes around this time of year that are like, earn your dinner (laughs) for Thanksgiving or like um, charts about, you know, do this many burpees to burn off that Snickers bar you stole from your kid's, you know, Halloween bag. Like, it's just, you know, like that sort of stuff, I think we can get away from. I think like people are over it. It's time to ditch that stuff and talk about like, hey, here's how we can get strong or do a different Halloween themed workout. Like name everything after a funky Halloween thing, like pumpkin pushes, for, you know, or like goblin squats instead of goblet squats or like whatever, yeah. you know, whatever. make things fun in that way. I think people you know, always get a giggle out of that and it's silly. Um, But the whole shaming around like, you have to burn this many calories in order to eat this thing. Um, Or, hey, you know, you look great doing that squat, but if you were to do this, you'd burn more calories. I think it's, I think it's just kind of like done. And I think it's more important to tell people like, hey, you know, you could add in this to also strengthen your upper body. We can make this more of a compound movement if you're interested taking it away from like calories and burn and working to earn your dinner sort of stuff is I think where it's at right now. So it sounds like changing the motivation, the words that you use to motivate from anything related to fat loss or working harder in order to make physique changes to things that are motivational and fun in other ways. Exactly. I mean, I think that's what I was thinking when I said new and fresh ways to approach larger bodies. The other one is kind of like the, I don't know, the norm. And like, if you're looking through Instagram in terms of fitness stuff, it's a lot of what you'll see. And I'd love to see people talking more about strength and making our bodies more stable. What does stability look like? What does balance look like? What does power look like? And how do we best attain them? Um, large people know that they're large. Nobody needs to tell. <laughs> we we know. We know. <laughs> so, Stacy, why don't you talk about finding sports bras and clothes when you're trying to be badass in the gym? Those are your words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of companies out there that are a little, you know, that are lagging behind. And, you know, there's a a couple of them like Lululemon that, you know, their sizing only goes up to size 12 and sizing in the U S average size runs more like a 14 or 16. So they're kind of, you know, excluding larger um, athletes from wearing their clothing. So I want to talk about a couple of different brands that I really, really like and a couple of different organizations and people that are working to really get athletes more clothing, better clothing and sizes that fit, that feel good, that aren't just larger knockoffs of the smaller, like well-made clothing. I think that's really important. So Athleta is a brand that I really like. Their clothing goes up to 2X, which is a size 18. And their pants um, for athletics are some of the best, most supportive compression type pants that I've ever worn. Um, I really love their clothing and they're working on doing extended sizes. I believe they're trying to go up to a 4X, which is awesome. Um, most people don't know this and like, I'm going to feel really old bringing up this brand or this, uh, this store, but for people who are looking for kind of lower cost exercise clothes, like if you're just getting into it, you're like, wow, these things are so expensive. A great option is actually JCPenney. <laughs> I feel like so old school saying JCPenney. I don't know if anyone shops there anymore, but um, they've got a great line of clothing. It's called Exertion. And their clothing um, is very, very well priced. It's made out of the same sort of performance materials. And they go up to a 5X, 
which is awesome. So if you're looking for like sweatshirts, if you're looking for shirts, if you're looking for tank tops, if you're looking for a more relaxed fit pant, or if you're looking for like athletic tights, they've got it all. Columbia Fitness is also working on this. I believe their sizing currently goes up to a 4X and they've got lots of great clothes for athletics and also a ton of great stuff for hiking and traveling. Myrna Valerio has working a lot with REI um, in order to try to get them to carry more clothing uh, in extended sizes so that everybody can be comfortable when they're active. And I think that this is like a strange catch-22 in the, in the field of clothing for larger folks. And that is <laughs> that society as a whole, like quote-unquote, tells people who are in larger bodies you need to exercise, okay? But then the brands, they create smaller size clothing. So it leaves this gap like for people who want to exercise for health, for wellness, for weight loss, for whatever reason it might be that they want to find strength and a great movement into their lives. There's like nothing available in order to be able to make that happen. Um, so I have found that these three brands in particular are really great. Other places where you can find um, exercise clothing in larger sizes are Old Navy. And you can also find them at Torrid. Old Navy's great. Their clothes are a little less expensive as well, which is a nice, nice thing. But they have really great like yoga pants and tights and athletic shirts there. And sports bras, I really like um, the sports bras that Brooks is putting out. There is a store for anybody who happens to live in the Seattle area, which is where I'm at, called Title Nine. But I imagine that this would be true for any small boutique style store near you, like a running store or a women's um, athletic clothing store. Title Nine over by Green Lake in Seattle has uh, a woman named Abby who is an angel sent to earth, okay, to help fit women into sports bras. <laughs> and um, she's so good. But I know that there are women like this that work at Nordstrom. I know that there's women like this that work at, you know, small local running shops. Like in Seattle, we have Super Jock and Jill. You might have a CJ run near you. All of these places are going to be able to help you get fitted into really phenomenal bras that help to make you feel like you're held in, eliminate bounce, and to just you know, have it be a non-thing. There's, I don't know about you, Julie, but I have totally had a workout ruined because I wore the wrong bra and I was like, darn it. Like this feels awful. I don't feel like I can do these burpees wearing this <laughs> or do my, or do my jumping jacks or my jump rope. So being in um, a well-fitted bra that is your correct size and picking it up at one of these places and actually getting fitted for it is a total game changer that can just like boost your confidence as soon as you put it on. Um, so those, those smaller stores, Brooks, um, there used to be a brand called Moving Comfort. I'm hoping it's still around. Notori, which is a brand that you can get through Nordstrom is also a really great bet and they'll fit you for it there as well. So those are some of the best uh, recommendations that I have for like sports bras and clothing. Um, but if any more come to mind, as I'm sure I will, as soon as we're done with this, <laughs> um, I will put them into that blog post for you so you can share it out if you'd like. I love the JCPenney idea. I, I never would have thought <laughs> of there. Oh my gosh. Uh, insider tip. Just before, <laughs> just before Christmas, they get rid of like all the last year's stock, like all the colors that are now outdated. Like oh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with those clothes. But a couple of years ago, I went in and I got really fantastic pants that I still wear. Nobody would know that they're JCPenney, like seriously. And not that there's anything wrong with JCPenney, yeah. but um, you know, they, they might've seen that they're Athleta or Lululemon or any of those other things. And they were $5 a pair. Like I got wow. these great pants. Yeah. So if you're someone who's just getting into fitness, if you're like starting to develop an in-home sort of program, if you want to have clothes that you feel more comfortable in, get a great sports bra and then go to one of these stores, pick up some clothes in your size, right? That, <laughs> that you feel awesome in, that you feel confident in, and hopefully that you didn't have to spend a ton of money on. So Stacy, I know that you are putting together an online program. Can you tell us about it? 
Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to do this online program. I have people all over the U.S. who write me all the time and say, I would love to work with you, but I'm in Illinois. I'd love to work with you. I'm in California. I'd love to work with you, but I'm like in Rhode Island. Like, how do you work with people? And I've never had an option before now. So starting in January, I'm starting an online program that is um, specific to people who can ask the question, like, I don't know what I should be doing right now. Like, I don't, I don't know where to go from here. And maybe these are new moms or people who have gone through chronic illness, or maybe like myself, they're entrepreneurs who are just trying to figure out how to fit it in. So you can go to my website, modbodyfitness.com to learn more about it. But basically, here's the gist. Five days a week, we'll do a workout in the morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. But don't worry because it'll be taped so you can do mm-hmm. it any other time during the day. Each month, I'll have a one-hour check-in call with you. It can be through Zoom. It can be in person. It can be by phone to help you really get a better understanding of where you're at, what your goals are, and how we can help to get you there. Is access to an online community bi-weekly Zoom educational calls, some general nutrition tips if you'd like them, and then exclusive access to uh, personalized packages packages in the future. So this first one that I'm doing, I'm launching it. This is my first time doing this, although I've had a beta group. It'll be January through June, and the launch pricing is super special. I don't even want to say it here because it's such a good deal. So (laughs) you you can go to my website to find out more if you're interested. One thing that is jumping out at me uh, that is, has been woven throughout this whole podcast, you mentioned nutrition tips and then said, if you want them, which has this understanding that you're going to listen to what the client wants and then only give them and cater the program towards what their goals are. So if they can't focus or they don't want to focus on nutrition, you won't focus on nutrition. Totally. And like, I'm not going to assume that even though I'm an integrative wellness coach, I went to the uh, Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I'm not going to assume that my understanding of your body or your nutrition is any better than your understanding. Like you live in your body, you know, if you're lactose intolerant or if Mm -hmm. you can't have gluten or, or those sorts of things. Right. But if you're at the point when you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with this or what to try or Like, I'm not sure why I'm not feeling as much energy as I want to. Like, I am so happy to take a look at those things with you, but I would never assume or assert that information or give it to people just like, hey, hey, you sitting over in there in the restaurant. Did you did you know that uh, sunflower seeds have a ton of fiber? Like, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It It feels awkward like that to give unsolicited, advice or information. Um, so it's really like a take what you want and leave the rest sort of sort of situation. But it'll be a great online community where I'll offer lots of uh, opportunities for question and answer if you had a specific question like that. Also, we could talk about it during those monthly hour-long calls. Mm-hmm. Well, it is time for the lightning round questions. These oh, are no. Questions. <laughs> These are questions <laughs> I'm asking every guest. What is the most memorable thing you've ever eaten? This is going to sound so silly, but the thing that came to mind was totally like, when I was a kid, we went to Disneyland and never ate there because it's so expensive. So like last year we went to Disneyland and I finally, I finally as an adult had one of those like um, chocolate covered Mickey Mouse ice creams. Okay. (laughs) It was hard as a rock and like, (laughs) and it was so delicious. And my inner child was like screaming, like, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. (laughs) If anybody's had one of those, you know what I'm talking about. You know it. (laughs) So that, that's probably it for right now is when it was like a celebration of what I always wanted as a kid. I think all adults can relate to that in one way or another. For me, it's eating Fruity Pebbles for dinner every once in a while. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Right? Totally. Like we're adults, we can eat what we want. (laughs) Stacey, what are three people, books, or podcasts that have been influential to you? 
just like every other woman in America right now, I really love Rachel Hollis and what she has to say. I love listening to her Rise podcast, but I also really liked her book. It's called Girl, Wash Your Face. In case you're living in a hole and you haven't heard of it yet, <laughs> it's on the uh, New York uh, New York Times bestseller list. Um, but really, it's truly a, a great book. And it breaks down a lot of lies that we tell ourselves as women and as people about how we can or can't show up in the world or what we should or should not be doing. Um, it's just a great inspirational read. Um, and her continuing podcast is awesome. Another podcast that I'm obsessed with is How I Built This with Guy Raz. And it talks a lot about people first getting their businesses off the ground. And I love to hear the ridiculous stories of how people started their business. And it's, it's basically like popsicle, popsicle sticks and glue and like, <laughs> you know, like putting stuff together. And I love that now that they're multi-billion dollar CEOs, they have no shame. Like they are admitting it. They're spilling their truth. And I love that. The other one that I like is called um, Hidden Brain, I believe. Yeah. That's also like an NPR. And usually right after that, I think Snap Judgment comes on. So that's another two. So yeah, I gave you four, Julia. I gave you four. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, three or more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And then last question. If someone came to Earth from another planet, what is one thing you'd tell them? I would probably have to say... Seek out the kind people and be kind. Like seek out those that will accept and love you and do the same. I, I think that like whether an, an alien from outer space or any person here already on earth, like that would be, I think, the, the greatest advice. I think that it just makes a huge difference in how we live our lives, how we show up in the world, how we are um, taken in by other people. It's all the difference, all the difference. So that'd probably be it. Be kind. Seek out those who are kind. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I am really appreciative of you reaching out. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been great to be here. Thanks for tuning in to Muscles of the Masses, the podcast. To support Stacey, check out her website, modbodyfitness.com and her personal training studio in North Seattle. And keep up with her on Instagram at Stacey Sorgen Coaching to be the first to hear about her new program coming in January. If you'd like to support the show, leave us a review on iTunes, tell a friend, or buy a butt bag at musclestothemasses.com.